You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Good morning, everyone, again. Anyone know that song? So it's called Everybody's Changing, but I'm still the same. So I'm going to refer to that song. That was a hit a few years ago. It's quite echoey, guys, the sound, so uh, maybe we could take the echo down. I feel like Pope Francis in uh, (laughs) the Vatican Square (laughs) speaking to a million people or something with the echo. Anyway, so we're just uh, waiting a minute just for that to happen. We try and, just to give you a bit of housekeeping, we try and coordinate the start of the sermon for 10.30 just to give the guys in Cafe Church uh, the ability to get ready and to tune in. So um, if you hadn't known, we have another congregation on a Sunday at 10 and 12 and they tune in on the video cast system. They've got their own music and leaders down there, but they listen into the sermon. So we just try and coordinate everything with them. So I think we're doing okay now. So if you could throw up the, uh, that sounds way better. Thank you. I'm going to um, share on something that I've really struggled with sharing. Not that it's um, a highly controversial scripture or anything, but This scripture from Luke chapter 8 is something I've actually had in my heart since the beginning of the year. And because it's shared upon so often, it's one of the most popular scripture verses and loads of people have spoken on it. I may have even done it myself in the past. It's something that I didn't really want to just jump in, but I have to share on it this morning because it's not going away. And if I've learned anything over the years, what I've learned is if the Holy Spirit keeps on impressing something on your heart, even though you may have looked at it a hundred times before, if the Spirit of God really is leading you, there's a freshness in it. And what we've read many times before will appear in a fresh way. I've told the story before how... um, when I was working for a company here in Cork, out in the south side, um, my conversion to Christianity was quite public. And one of the changes is, instead of talking smutty and cursing in the canteen, I used to use a coffee break. I used to use my coffee break time after chatting to my work colleagues. I would often get out the Bible and read it. And so I used to love to read the Bible and just take the opportunity to read it. And I always remember about five or six years after I became a Christian, I sat in the canteen one day, I was reading my Bible, and one of my workmates said, you're still reading that Bible, are you? And I said, I am. And he said, how long are you into that religion now? (laughs) I said, I'm a Christian about whatever it was, six years. And he said, isn't it time to move on to another book? (laughs) Haven't you given that book enough time? Uh, after all this time. And see, the thing is about the Bible, you may read the same passage of Scripture over and over, but you'll get a fresh look 
at what the Lord is saying. Because it's not like reading a textbook or a novel. It's like reading something spiritual. So it's the Lord speaking spiritually to us. So I'm going to look at this uh, portion of scripture from Luke chapter 8, even though it's been shared upon many times. Welcome Cafe Church. Hopefully you are uh, listening in rather than munching on your, um, well you can be munching on your pastries as well, but hopefully you're listening in. So Luke chapter 8, it's all about touching Jesus Christ and what happened and what really happened and what can we learn today. What do I sense the Holy Spirit is saying through this? And we pray, Lord Jesus, that your word would nourish us, comfort us, challenge us, and cause us to grow even a little bit more like you. So be with us today as we consider it, listen to it, and allow it to feed our souls in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this is uh, Luke chapter 8. Jesus was going to the home of Jairus to pray for his sick daughter. But on the way, a woman who had been bleeding for 12 years and had spent all her money on doctors, but nobody could heal her. And as Jesus was passing by, she came up towards him from behind and she touched the edge of his clothes. Her bleeding stopped immediately. And even though the crowd had been pressing against him, Jesus asked, who touched me? And everyone around answered, not me. Lord, all these people are pushing by you. Peter said, someone touched me. Jesus replied, I know power went out from me. The woman saw that he knew it was her. And so she came forward trembling. And she said, you healed me, Lord. Daughter, you were healed because you believed, Jesus said to her, your troubles are over. What a moving portion of scripture. Is it any wonder people love to share in it and talk about it? And so I'm going to join that throng this morning and look at this and see. I'm quoting from the Gospel of Luke, which was written by a doctor. Dr. Luke wrote this, and the portion actually begins by telling us that Jesus is on his way somewhere, but he goes straight into the woman, and he says she'd been bleeding for 12 years. She was now in poverty because she'd spent all her money on doctors trying to get well, but nobody could heal her. Now, Luke, the doctor, would have had plenty of personal experience of people like this woman coming perhaps with that very condition. And he would have become a doctor probably because within his makeup, he wanted to help people. But the doctors couldn't do anything for her. 
Now, you move on 2,000 years, and doctors today can do an awful lot more with their wisdom, with the uh, knowledge that they've built up over the centuries, and with technology. However, there's many things doctors can't do anything about. Sometimes here in Europe, I see a huge difference with people, for example, coming from um, Africa, let's say, where they don't have the same free health care or advanced health system, perhaps, as you would in Europe. And their faith is a lot stronger because they know what it is not to be able to get health care. And so there's a more of a dependency on healing and that sense of need with, with Jesus Christ. And I think in, in, in Ireland, I can only speak for here, there's almost like a complacency. Well, if I'm getting sick, I go to the doctor. And praise God for the doctors. However, and I see it all the time, there's loads of issues the doctor can't do anything about. So I want you in your mind to come with me on a journey and leave behind. Well, if I get sick, the doctor will look after me. God willing, they will, but maybe they won't. We're dealing with someone in the church now and it's, it's, it's looking really desperate, naturally. So not only was the woman sick, and remember, if she's bleeding for 12 years, she would have had severe, um, uh, what do they call it, um, no iron, um, amenia. Amnesia. <laughs> anemic. Anemic. She would have had severe anemia or anemic. So she's exhausted, she's sick, she's broke. Under that culture and under that Jewish law, she wouldn't have been allowed to marry. She was probably lonely. So here's a woman who's lonely. Here's a woman who is in poverty. And here's a woman who is sick. And on top of all of that, it was a womanly condition. So she would have been embarrassed as well. It's like if a guy gets something that only guys get, he's probably only going to feel comfortable talking to other men about it. Equally, with a woman, you kind of get the same thing. And this woman, in a very male-dominated world, would have been as low as you get, through no fault of her own. So this is a desperate woman. This is a, a woman who really is at an end to herself. And Luke, as a doctor, is writing about her. So we're told that as Jesus was passing by, she came to him from behind and she touched the edge of his clothes. So Jesus is passing by. She heard that Jesus was near. I believe Jesus is near this morning. Will anyone say amen? amen. The Bible says where two or three gather, he's there. So Jesus is passing by. And look how she comes to him from behind. She doesn't walk right up to him. This woman has shame. This woman is guilty. Technically, she's breaking the law back then. She shouldn't have been mixing with people under that Jewish hygiene law. But she comes to him from behind. So, guys, this is someone who wanted to keep a low profile. If you're someone who likes to keep a low profile, you don't like attention. You don't want to be in the limelight. You just want to be in the background. I bet you can really identify with this woman. I think everyone has been in that place, particularly if you're sick and if you're poor and if you've all these issues going on. So she comes up from behind and she just touches the edge of his clothes. 
and something happens when she touches the edge of his clothes. Let me ask a question. This is the heart of what I want to talk about today. Was she correct? We are so accustomed, if you, if you know the Bible, to this beautiful account, this lovely historical narrative of this woman getting healed. We're used to it, but put yourself back then. Because really what was going on with this woman, there was nothing in the Jewish law about touching someone's garment and getting healed. Remember, their faith was Jewish, their religion. This is what it was. Christianity then grew out of that. But this woman... There was nothing in the Jewish faith about this. Where did she get it? And when we look at the life of Jesus before this as well as afterwards, nowhere do we see people touching the edge of his garments and getting healed. So this woman, in her need, was coming to Jesus with superstition. You could even argue she had error from a theological point of view or a doctrinal point of view. So there's a bit of superstition. It's a bit like crossing your fingers or throwing salt over your shoulders or the rabbit's leg or the horseshoe or any of this. It's that kind of thing. It wasn't within the faith of the people back then. So here she is with superstition. Here she is with elements of error. But she believed in the healing power of Jesus Christ. That's what she believed. And Jesus just looks straight at that. Was she correct? You could argue she was all over the place. You see, you might be here today and you might go, I really don't know all of the Bible and I don't really understand all these things, but I know Jesus is alive. And I know Jesus loves me. And I know Jesus can heal me. Amen. Whether it's my mind or my heart or my soul, or my body. Was she correct? Her faith was in Jesus Christ. And we're told in verse 44, immediately she was healed as soon as she touched him. I have seen this again and again and again over the years. The first time I saw it was a, a friend of mine who came from the same road I came from, Nun's Walk, over in the south side of the city. And uh, she, she was dating one of my buddies when I was 15 or 16. And I remember she became a Christian a couple of years after me. And as she said herself, she didn't just smoke fags or cigarettes, she ate them. She was just constantly smoking. She was totally addicted. And she was only just a new Christian. And I always remember it. There was a guy who was coming to pray for people. He said, I'm going to lay hands on people to break things in your life. And with simple faith, Teresa came up to the top. I can't even remember who he was. He laid hands on her. And as she says herself, the addiction to nicotine was just gone like that. Just immediately. And I remember the same night another guy I knew went forward and it didn't happen for him. He had to struggle for years before he finally was able to overcome it. Why does it happen suddenly for some and not for others? I don't know. I don't have all the answers. But I do know that Jesus can do it. And he did it for this woman. And she was at an end of herself. So immediately she was healed. Who touched me? Jesus asked. Power went out from me. This is one of those rare occasions where we actually get an insight into what Jesus Christ physically felt when healing took place. Power went out 
from him to someone else. Obviously, I can't come even near this, but I do know on occasions I've come into meetings and gatherings and it's almost like an electric current is there. You, you sense that power of the Holy Spirit. I've seen it with hands being laid on people and people receiving touches from the Lord. There is something that is supernatural, but it's almost like it crosses over into the physical. The only way I can describe it at times is almost electrical. Well, Jesus experienced the power going out from him and going to this woman. And look what he does. He, he says, who touched me? And the woman saw that he knew it was her and she came forward trembling. You healed me, Lord. Let me ask you a question. Was Jesus unfair in calling the woman forward? You see, we live in a hyper-individualistic culture, and it's all about privacy. And there's nothing wrong with that. Jesus often said, you mind your own business, and he warned about busybodies and gossips and all of that. But you know what? There's a place where it's gone too far. And you could look on at this woman, you're saying, couldn't Jesus have been nice to this woman? She was technically breaking the law. She was embarrassed. She was sick. She was, she was poor. Couldn't he have allowed her the dignity of just keeping her privacy? No, he could not. No, that's not how it works. You see, you can hang on to your pain and your brokenness and your illness and keep your privacy. That's one choice. Or you can receive the life that Jesus gives, but it's a life laid down. That's the deal. There's an exchange going on. It's the best exchange you'll ever make, or I'll ever make. It's the best deal any of us can do. Because when Jesus called her forward, even though she probably didn't want to, it was so that God would get the glory. Do you know what it was about? It was about, it's not even all about you. It's not all about her. It was about all the crowd who were around, looking on. Jesus had to get the glory so that God would be glorified. And the miracle would be recorded. And so that you and I, 2,000 years later, could draw comfort and be inspired in our faith. Because this woman came out of the closet. The Bible tells us she knew that Jesus knew it was her. You see, Jesus knew all things. So when Jesus said, who touched me? And he looked around the crowd. He knew straight away it was her. He wasn't asking the question for himself. He was asking the question for her. Are you going to own what God has done in your life? Are you willing to step beyond the comfort zone and come out of the closet and say, Jesus healed me. Jesus blessed me. Are you going to hang on to your ultra-privacy? You know what that, what's at the root of ultra-privacy? Pride and selfishness. That's at the root. Because it's just about me being blessed. And that's the biggest curse today. It's just bless me and forget the rest of them. That's not the deal. That is not biblical Christianity. Biblical Christianity, yes, I'm blessed, but I want others to be blessed as well. That's the real deal. And if that means I've got to step beyond the... Oh, God forbid we fall into this dead religious kind of a mindset. Well, it's just me and Jesus. and uh, That's not the Bible. And so Jesus calls her out. You could say, oh, Jesus, you're not very nice there. Yes, he is. 
Look at, look at what happened her whole life. No, she wasn't sick anymore. No, she could earn a living. No, she could get into a relationship and get married. No, she could move forward. Her life was blessed. Yes, she came forward trembling. But she declared, you healed me, Lord. Hallelujah. You healed me, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did Jesus take her dignity? No, he did not. Her dignity was left intact. Her humanity was left intact. But she gave the glory to God. And she didn't just keep it for herself in a proud or a selfish way. She realized others needed to hear as well. And look at the final words that Jesus says. Daughter, you were healed. Why? Because you believed. It keeps coming back to this. It's not rocket science. If there's no faith, there is no healing. I'm not talking about the extreme um, interpretation of this, where if someone is sick, you're seen as really sinful. That's not what I'm talking about. But there's a very simple equation between people having faith to believe. It might be weak faith, but they have faith to believe. And healing taking place. And I'm not just talking physically. I'm talking spiritually, primarily, mentally, emotionally, as well as physically. But because she believed, she was healed. And I like the contemporary English version translation. Your troubles are over. It doesn't mean that she didn't have to earn money and try and pay bills and get the flu or have a falling out with her sister or whatever. That's not what it means. It means with this issue, you know what? Your troubles are over. I have dealt with it. I have healed you. It's a new day. Hallelujah. Your troubles are over. Daughter, you were healed because you believed. As I come towards a close, remember where this took place. It was on the street. Jesus is just passing by. And even though she was sick, and she had no energy, and she was poor, and she was breaking the law, and it didn't look like she had any friends around to help her, she stretched out and she reached out to touch Jesus Christ, just the edge of his clothes. But there was a crowd around, and I come back where I started. Who was looking on? Who was the observer at this healing? Jairus. Because we're told at the beginning, he had gone and pleaded with Jesus. His 12-year-old daughter was really sick. In fact, just after this, he was told she had died. But he had asked Jesus to come and heal his daughter. How did he feel when this woman came out of the closet? What was, what was going through his heart and his mind? Because if it was me, and I can remember when my daughter was 12 or my son or anyone you love, and they're really sick and close to death, and you see a supernatural healing taking place, if I was Jairus, I'd go, thanks be to God. This truly is the Son of God. And he's healing the sick. He's healed that woman. Maybe he can heal my daughter. Maybe he can heal my son. Maybe he can heal my heart. Maybe he can heal my marriage. Maybe he can... So Jairus was looking on. 
And this is what Jairus was thinking, I promise you. Because straight after that, Jesus went, went to the dead body, and in the beautiful Aramaic language said, Talitha kumai, little girl arise, and he raised her from the dead. But Jairus was encouraged because that woman responded to the call of Jesus and came out of her privacy and was willing to admit Jesus healed her. That's why in your life and my life, we are not called, we are not called to live in a bubble of ultra-privacy. Whatever the culture tells us we are, we have to be willing to lay down our lives Christianity is about giving our lives to the Lord. Anyone say amen to that? That's the deal. And you might say, I don't want to give my life to the Lord. And that's your call. But it's the best deal you'll ever make. Because our tiny little lives and the little bit we can give, we get so much more in return. Hallelujah. Because he gives us his life. So what was Jairus thinking? And what are you thinking today? What are you thinking? As I come to a close, I quote Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 6. We sang about it. It's not by human might. And it's not by your power. The power of your money, the power of your education, the power of your body, the power of your personality, the power of your eloquence. No. It's not by might, and it's not by power, but it's by His Spirit, says the Lord Almighty. That's how we're healed. That's how we're given a new chance. That's how we are blessed in our day-to-day experience. No, not by might, nor even power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. I asked Joseph to sing that song during our main worship, and... Great great that Joseph knew that song. So we're going to sing that song. And I'm going to ask you, and those of you in Cafe Church as well looking on, put yourself in Jairus' shoes. Just forget about yourself today. Who do you love who needs that touch of Jesus? Maybe it is yourself. But maybe you have a son or a daughter or a husband or a wife or a mum or a dad or a dear friend. And their minds or their hearts, or more likely their souls or their bodies need a healing touch of Jesus? Are you willing to reach out? And are you willing to come out of your comfort zone and say, I am going to stand for that person today. And even though they can't get there, I'm going to stand for them. Will you come up, guys? Could we stand, lads? Hand over to Cafe Church. Barry and the lads will pray with you there. But as we're about to pray... I'm going to pray first of all for anyone who's never called on Jesus Christ. Today is the day of salvation. And we're going to give that opportunity. And then we're going to ask all those who are willing to stand for Jesus. Stand for the one you love and ask Jesus to heal them. Let's just sing the song. Throw up the words there, Robin, if we would. And then we'll pray.
If you've never asked Jesus Christ into your life, if you've never known that sense of him being your best friend, your personal Lord and Savior, let's just all close our eyes upstage and on the ground. If you want, would you lift your hands and I'm just going to pray. Okay. 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 I think we've got three people. Praise God. By the power of Jesus Christ, I thank you, Lord, that you are interested in each of these three people. And I pray, oh God, that as you draw near to them now, that they would reach out and touch you, Jesus, and they would know power coming from you into their lives. Pray, Lord, they would surrender and turn from the old ways turn from sin and embrace all that you have offered them i pray their lives down and that they would know the blessing of fully and truly being born again by the spirit of god in jesus name and everyone else in solidarity said Amen. amen praise god so jairus was looking on and he saw Jesus healed. And he was bringing Jesus to the one he loved. Is there someone you love? And is it, are you willing at day to say, I'm going to stand for them. And I'm going to pray for the one I love. If that's you, would you put up your hand? Maybe they're not able to come to Jesus. Or they're in a different place to you. So as we sing the song again, I'm going to ask that you come forward. Let's just invite the Holy Spirit into this experience. Let's sing the song again and please do what that woman did. Leave your seat and come forward if you're standing for someone. No, not by might. No, not by might. No. Spirit speak to me last night around uh, six o'clock yesterday, half a six, and I felt the Lord say, just as people coming from the south side of the city or from the West Cork area, you've all got to cross over the River Lee to get to this building physically. And I felt the Lord saying, just as you physically did that, the person you are standing for this morning they will spiritually make that crossing. You've done it in the natural, and the Lord is saying, this is gonna happen in the spiritual, hallelujah. He is a God of miracles. 
He loves the person you are standing for, whether it's yourself or someone else. He loves them more than you do. In the Bible, the right hand is symbolic of strength. So could you lift your right hand and that is a symbol of your son, your daughter, your wife, your husband, your mom, your dad, your friend. Let's pray. Jesus Christ, we reach out and we touch you because we know you are passing by. We know you are near. And oh God, our hearts are crying out for the one we love. And we ask you now, Lord Jesus, that you would encourage us, even as you encouraged Jairus, as he looked on and saw the miracle you did in that lady's life. We pray now, oh God, we have watched and we have seen you touch many. And we are encouraged when anyone say amen. But Lord Jesus, until it comes to our own front door, until that healing, that change, that deliverance comes into our house, oh God, that's when we really know, that's when we really experience your blessing in our lives. So God, we call on you now, Lord Jesus, and we pray that you would say to our sons, our daughters, our mums, our dads, our partners, our friends, Talitha Kumai, arise little one. Oh God, may they rise up with healing power. May they be healed in their souls. Who'll say amen? May they be healed in their hearts, amen. May they be healed in their minds, amen. And may they be healed in their bodies, amen. Jesus, come and do a miracle and let our families, our households know that mighty change and that healing touch that can only come through Jesus Christ our Lord. Avril Mayo, I have a prophecy for you, my love. This is what the Lord would say to you, Avril. You have been one who has climbed the mountain and you have found yourself breathless and you have found yourself at times weak, yet you have continued to climb and to climb and to climb and you have felt close to fainting and you have looked around you and wondered, how can I go on? And here is the word of the Lord for you, Avril. You are now about to stand on the top of the mountain you have been climbing. And the Lord would say, I have to pray for you, Avril. Would you come forward, my love? Just come up to me. Just come up. And the Lord would say to you, Avril, just as you would be physically on the top of the mountain and you would turn around and look where you have come from, this is what the Lord would say. He wants you to turn around and look where you've come from spiritually because the Lord is saying you have climbed a great height you have seen huge changes and the Lord your God will bless you with a double portion of inheritance says the Lord your God you are as it were like Caleb 
not in age, but in experience, says the Lord your God. And you will know the anointing. You will know the blessing. You will know the touch of heaven. And you will see the living God moving and powering your life. Miracles, miracles, miracles are your inheritance, says the Lord. The Lord will give you a fertile place with springs of water and you will not have a broken heart, says the Lord. Your heart will rejoice. So the Lord would say, receive the anointing from heaven and know by experience and by conviction that the Holy Spirit is doing a great thing in your life and you will give the Lord the glory Even though the enemy has tried to slash and burn and destroy, I am pouring in the oil on your head. And you are dripping with oil, says the Lord, and with the anointing. You and your children will see God's blessing at this time and in that place, says the name of the Lord of hosts to you, Avril Moyo. You shall see it, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, I know this is Mother's Day, but I believe the Lord is talking to some about your children. Just have a great sense. It is smashing, smashing, um, like, like chains. He's smashing them, and the chains are breaking for those who are praying for a son or a daughter. If that's you, could you lift your hand if it's a son or a daughter? Could you guys just come forward? Maybe the others could just take your seats for a moment. Just those who are praying for a son or a daughter. I, I, I have a burden in my heart to pray for a great breakthrough this morning for your son or your daughter. Remember Jairus, Jairus. His daughter was sick. It looked like she was, it was really serious. And I believe the Lord is saying, it actually got even more serious because she died. And some of us are here and I believe the Lord is saying, that's you. You saw the situation was serious and somewhere in your soul you're saying, sure, this is dead. He's dead, she's dead. And this is what the Lord is saying. I will breathe life to your son and your daughter. But God's word to you is, don't give up. Have faith. The woman believed. Yeah, there was all mixed up emotions and a bit of superstition and all that, but she believed. So with a little bit of faith this morning for your son and daughter, let's just, if you can lift up your hands, because you're all parents, I know you won't mind doing this. If you're physically able to, would you kneel as well? If you're able, you don't have to, guys. Don't be embarrassed if you're not able. But if you can. I've never met a mother or father who would pray for their son or daughter who doesn't, isn't willing to do anything. Father in heaven, as we lift up on our knees, we pray for that Pray for that daughter. You know the things. Oh God, pray for. But we know you raised 
Jairus' daughter from death. Would you raise our sons and daughters from death to life, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, oh God, raise them from that dead place, from that dead relationship, from that dead way of thinking, oh God, release them and bring life to them. We have been looking on at how you have healed others. Oh God, would you bring healing into our houses, into our families? Let our sons and daughters live again. May the prodigal son and may the daughters who have died come to life. Oh God, hear our prayers. They are set faith In Jesus' name, all the mums and dads said, Amen. Praise God. Amen. Let's sing the song as we go to our seats. Could we stand? May God do a great work in your family. And I will be personally praying for all the sons and daughters here by God's grace. Let's remind ourselves of what the Bible says and how things really work. No, not by might. Just as we close our service, today is Mother's Day. 
I know the kids are off up in the kids' zones and so on. But if you're a mother, would you just lift up your hands? <coughs> if you're not a mother, which is all the men and a couple of the girls, would you go to someone who's got their hand up and put your hand on their shoulder? Nowhere else, just on their shoulder. Just go and lay hands on a mother here. Any mother with nobody praying for you, I think we're covered. Lord Jesus, we thank you that motherhood comes from you. Just as fatherhood, motherhood is. So we pray a blessing on all of the mothers and the grandmothers here. And we pray today, Lord Jesus Christ, that your favor would be upon each of our sisters. And we pray, Lord, that the hearts of their children would turn towards them and that their children would indeed rise up and call them blessed. May the promises of come upon each of these mothers and may their children bless them all the days of their lives and may they know your touch and may they be even better mothers and grandmothers wiser more patient and more loving and may it come from you bless them and keep them now in jesus name and all the non-mothers said amen give the mothers a round of applause come on encourage them Thank you for coming, we do appreciate it, especially with the clocks going forward. Coffee and tea are being served upstairs in the atrium. Maybe we'll see you there Tuesday night or next Sunday. God bless you. The guys are gonna play us out.